Right, the count is going round and we will get on with this June podcast. I'll try and make it under 20 minutes, I think, because uh, I want to try and get through as much stuff as possible. Uh, there were still a few delays to various different things because of the ill health, bad back, and I managed to get flu from my sister, like I mentioned in the previous podcast. She went on a cruise and something was zipping around the ship and she brought it back with her, which was nice of her. So that meant that I didn't have very much energy, so it meant getting things out like my photography zine on time didn't happen. But we will start with the photography zine, first of all, and it's going to be out next week. I've done a lot of work on it recently. It's looking great. Been quite a few tweaks and a few things perfected. Maybe a little bit more work on the introduction text. I don't want it to be too sombre. It's got to reflect the situation that I was in at the time. I mean, I was down in Norfolk um, when these images were taken, of course, because of the situation that my mum was in. She was having one last holiday. She'd been given a terminal diagnosis uh, in a July and we decided to get a holiday when the chemotherapy was deemed to be more harmful to her than good. And the images that I took in Norfolk weren't ever intended to be part of anything. They were just an escape. I was just getting out and taking pictures and photography is a great therapy. It also is great absolutely brilliant for clearing your mind because you're looking for images you're focusing in on things and it really really does blow the cobwebs away and I think when you're facing a situation like that with a loved one I would certainly recommend that you find something that you can uh, just a little bit of escape it doesn't matter whether it's you know five minutes an hour a couple of hours but you just need something to recharge those old batteries. And these pictures sort of did it. I actually think that they reflect a lot of what was going in on my life. Having a look through the pictures, I realise that a couple of words spring to mind. I've actually mentioned this in the uh, photo book page that I that went live today on the website. And the two words that spring out are escape, which I've already mentioned. But the other one is absence. There's... An awful lot of pictures where something's missing. It can be people, it can be an object. A classic one actually is the first image, which is of a, a running shoe, a discarded lost running shoe that's been placed on top of a gatepost. Uh, obviously, so that you know if the owner comes back, they can uh, they can find it easily. But it's yeah, it's just out of place um you know it, it shouldn't be lost why is a why is it just one running shoe why isn't it why isn't the two did they take one with them did they lose both and they only found one uh there's all sorts of things that so, sort of crop up and it, it it is amazing how the photography reflects the photographer's life i mean maybe i'm reading too much into it uh maybe all of those critical studies lessons that i did at university are uh yeah exaggerating things but i don't think so i, th I think there's there's a certain element in there which isn't in the pictures in sea sky sand and street and to be honest, I actually think that Caught by the Tide 
represents a good end to the trilogy of mobile photography that I've done in Norfolk over a period of years, starting in 2009. I will mention that a little bit later. But in 2009, I started taking pictures with uh, my first smartphone. Then I went onto an iPhone and did 2011's Sea Sky Sand and Street book. And then in 2016, I went and shot these images, which are going to be coming out now in Caught by the Tide. I just think it, it ties everything up. It just makes everything nice and neat. And certainly if I did go back to Norfolk again, I wouldn't be shooting black and white. I think I'd be shooting colour again. Um, the first set of I images from 2009 were in colour, but the rest were black and white. And they work really well, but I think uh, that format's been done and dusted. And I think if I went back, I would go back and just be shooting in colour with nice bright images, nice bright colours. Um, just do something do something different i mean this norfolk trip is not planned at the moment and probably won't be for a few years yet but i will definitely be going back so that is the zine yes it's going to be out very soon it's going to be very exciting and it also means that it frees up a bit of space for continuing with the second book which is two towns get that out of the way and then I can get onto the final book which was supposed to be done this year but I think it might the work might start this year but I don't think it will be released until 2020 and that is Seven Hills which is regular photography you know from a a, a proper camera as people would call it um, I mean I'm really ex each each of these little project books are exciting in a way but uh this first one I think is important for a number of reasons mainly because of the period of time that it, you can't always represent the photography when everything's going well for you and you're you know you're feeling happy with life uh, caught by the tide captures a difficult period in my life uh, and the photography to a certain extent reflects that but then we get on to, to Edinburgh and sort of change of direction change of photography change of scene and that's 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 great and i can't wait until i get those those books out but yeah next week so links and everything will be going onto the website when uh when i get them and uh we'll see about developing a few more photography magazines in future Right, now I briefly mentioned about the smartphone in 2009. Now the recent anniversary of Michael Jackson's death, the 10 year anniversary, reminded me of where I was when I heard the news of his death. I was at a place called Field Dallin in Norfolk. I was on the campsite. And uh, I was using uh, my smartphone to check out Twitter and I found out that Michael Jackson was... Um, was dead now there's a number of firsts there the the first thing was I found out about a celebrity death via Twitter which is something that generally I tend to find out mostly from social media now they they always start trending if someone goes but the other thing is a smartphone it was the first smartphone that I bought specifically to do photography so that I could put it onto to Twitter which I joined about six months earlier 
And Abram might just reminded me of the pictures I was taking at the time. There was sort of like a gradual link um, through that process. And so I went and dug around in my archive and come up with a couple of pictures that I was rather pleased with that I thought I'd like to show on the website. And I thought I can do them as a from the archive post in the uh, test strip photo blog. So that's what I did. I also actually added a bit of video, but the video quality is a bit not great. It's certainly a bit 2009, but I'll get onto that a bit later. So the phone I bought was a Nokia 5800. It had a Carl Zeiss lens. It was 3.2 megapixel and uh, it was a, a really nice phone to use apart from the operating system. Um, the operating system, the camera, I couldn't fault. It was a, a, a brilliant image making tool the operating system was symbian wasn't particularly great and the photography apps were non-existent which is the reason why i ended up going to an iphone about 18 months later uh but yeah the symbian operating system was not great so that's kind of what I really remember about that, that first smartphone. It had a lot going for it, but it was the Opera. I mean, if it had been running on a version of Android or something like that, I think it would have been a completely different phone. It probably needed more power. Um, it was lacking a bit in RAM and stuff, but uh, as a, a camera, it worked really, really well. It was nice and small as well, which is something that you don't find with a lot of mobile phones these days. They seem as though they're getting flatter, but they're also getting bigger. They're getting wider. And this little Nokia was, you know, very, very small, easy to carry around, and uh, was easy to, to operate. And I had a lot of fun just taking images and putting them... Um, on Twitter at the time. Instagram wasn't going. It wasn't going until 2010. But I had a lot of fun just going around experimenting with mobile, my first proper mobile camera, mobile phone camera. And uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. And the results were great. Now, I was thinking when I was doing the post, have I actually put a lot of these images on anywhere? And I have. I put them, I'd archive them on Instagram. So I've added the link to the post on the website, uh, which is uh, Missed Music. Missed Music and Memories, which is the most recent from the archive post on there. And like I say, it's got a bit of video, but that's only in 360. Uh, definition it's not in 720 the camera didn't go that high but it, it gives you an impression of you know the quality and it was a nice quiet evening at Blakeney uh, with just the sound of the birds and these boats floating at high tide it was really quite nice and I thought I'd, I'd just add it because I, I backed all of those up to, to YouTube just so that I know where they are there's loads of sort of like memories and videos and things that uh, I've been backing up recently and those, those were some of them so yeah that is from the archive missed music and memories all about my early smartphone photography and uh, links to various different things well I think that's about it really for what's been going on on the website um, 
I mean, there has been a a news post just mentioning everything about the photozine, but I've largely covered that earlier on. So I think what I'll do now is I will move on to the photography links. There's uh, three links this month, and they're all sort of linked in a way. This first one is photo of a Salvadorian refugees. Sorry, photo of Salvadorian refugees show power of still images. This is really about, in the age of television, how still image can still um, capture a moment, can capture a time. And it uses four images in the gallery. It's a, it's a great article on the Associated Press website, uh, just discussing the, the pictures that, they, that they've chosen that they think represent key moments. I mean, the first one is uh, the Chinese man standing alone in front of a line of tanks heading towards Tiananmen Square, which is a very famous image. Um, there's another one, which is Nikut's picture of the Vietnamese kids running along the road after a napalm attack in 1972. That's a, another very famous image uh, from the Vietnam War. And one that a lot of people credit with helping to turn American opinion against the war. The next one is Richard Drew's picture of a person falling from the North Tower of the World Trade Center after the September the 11th attacks. It's quite an interesting image, this, because there was a program I watched about it six months ago, um, and they were tr people were trying to identify the individual who was falling. Now, fortunately, they didn't manage to achieve their goals, and I was rather pleased about that. I think it actually works better if it's got that unknown soldier uh, quality about it. And I think it works better for that because it doesn't have the baggage of hurting somebody uh, every time they they see it. It is a very painful image to look at, but no, as no one can identify it, it's uh, no family has got to sort of deal with the outcome of looking at that picture and knowing that it's their uncle, brother, um, you know, father. It's it gives it a bit of anonymity, gives it a bit of protection in a way. Um, so I was rather pleased that they weren't able to identify the individual who was who was falling. It's a very powerful picture, but I know some people probably would say that it's a picture that shouldn't have been taken. And probably you could argue that with a lot of these images, especially uh, especially the 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 one of the the children running along the road after the napalm attack in Vietnam. But it does reflect what's going on with the story and it does reflect what's going on in the world and sadly you've got to photograph these things to document them for history as much as anything um but yeah it is a very very striking sad image especially the way that the man's pose is is it's quite a dignified pose um yeah, it's a horrific image, though. Very difficult to look at. The final one's a bit easier. It's the raising of the American flag at Iwo Jima, which is so iconic, the way that the Marines are stood, erecting this flag that it... Uh, well, it's become a statue, hasn't it? 
become a memorial. So uh, another remarkable image. But it is a great article about the power of photography and how a single image can sort of focus in on a news story. And I think it's actually particularly relevant these days now that we've got rolling news, 24-hour news, where it's all about predicting the news rather than reporting it. Um, I think it's just nice for a story just to be there with a bit of text, with a really strong image and caption that just states, this is what happened. I think you just can't beat it. The next image is another sort of iconic iconic image, but this one is a fairly recent one. It's from the 18th of June, and it's the BBC website, and this is a picture that was taken by climate scientist Stefan Olsen. This is a set of dogs trudging towards a distant mountain range in northwest Greenland, and the dogs, well, their little leggies are splashing around in, in uh, water that's, you know, above their paws. But they're going across melted sea ice. Uh, it should be frozen, and it isn't. And that's down to the temperatures um, that have soared well above normal in Greenland, causing about half of its ice sheet surface to experience melting. I think this is a picture that's going to become... Uh, quite iconic for climate change. It just does everything that you need to. It's obvious what should be there but isn't. And it's just that simplicity that's, that sort of works. So that's Greenland's unusual melting sea ice captured in stunning image. Uh, an iconic image for our modern time um, and the final link I'm going to mention this is sort of re uh, related to the the Salvadorian uh, refugees um, you know uh, which sometimes it's just images that just 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 strike you in their simplicity but also in how cruel the world can be and in this case it was the the photo of a couple of Salvadorian refugees one 25 years old the father and the other one was the daughter and she was about 18 months to two years old and both of them had drowned crossing the Rio Grande uh, which borders the uh, Mexico with the United States and the image sort of did the rounds and became quite onic, iconic for the 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 problem that the United States is is facing with immigration but also the way that they're dealing with it border walls militias it it encapsulated a whole set of problems even the issues that are affecting Mexico today with drug crime and all sorts of things um it's it just sort of like encapsulated it, which is really what the Associated Press were were dealing with as well. That was the the influence for it. Borderlands um, is a set of images that's been cr um, curator uh, Jen Sadal Evans has gone through the archive of Magnum photographers' work on the border between Mexico and the U.S. And has sort of put together an article detailing some of these 
photographer's work and the history of the border and the problems and it's a great piece of work a great article but it's also a great use of the magnum archive magnum have been doing a lot of this recently with their blog has improved no end over the last couple of years where they're, they're taking this really really valuable archive and using it in some cases in a very contemporary sense like like this with the uh, pictures of the 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 borders it's a remarkable set of images by some really really great photographers well worth a look in fact the magnum blog is just worth a look generally if you're looking to improve your knowledge about great photography or look at some pictures to improve your photography technique but definitely worth a look i think my favorite image actually is the alex webb Mexicans arrested while trying to cross the border to the United States uh, in California, 1979, and there's a helicopter and they're in a field that's absolutely full of flowers. Um, it's almost like a still from a, a film in a way, but it's not a film. It's real life. That's the, the tragedy of it. So that is if i quickly scroll back up to the top so i've got uh, that's borderlands and that's just the archive of magnum photographers work on the border between mexico and the us it's really worth a look especially in the recent context with uh, the images from uh, that part of the world that's it for this month. The podcast will be back a little bit later this month with a special about the photozine where I'll be talking about it for 10 minutes, uh, detailing some of the pictures, my favourites, uh, some of the stories and, uh, fair, you know, some details about how I made the, the photography zine itself. And that will be coming out towards the end of the month. So until then, thank you very much for downloading and I will see you all then.